Welcome everyone to a Fightin' Friday edition of Couch Potato Diary, coming to you from the Clearwater Cleaning Solutions broadcast studio. Clearwater Cleaning Solutions are your one-stop commercial and residential cleaning company based out of Calgary. They have a fantastic team ready to make your life simpler and easier by fulfilling all of your cleaning needs. Check them out online, clearwatercleaningsolutions.com. Here to make my life not quite as easy as my cat Bailey, who just jumped up on the desk. So, coming up today, it is a Fightin' Friday, and we have a big weekend in the combat sports world, and we'll start with a little bit of baseball talk as well. Thank you for joining today. We begin with my cat hitting the microphone, and then we talk about the Toronto Blue Jays. Um, I was ready to come on here and scoff at the idea that one good inning against Baltimore was enough to get the momentum going. I thought, yeah, it was cool, but I mean, let's ease up a little bit. And then they put nine on the Yankees on on Thursday night, um, setting themselves up for some potential great things here in this series against the struggling Yankees. And if that inning was enough to kind of write things for the Blue Jays, then sign me up. Because again, this proves, and this is the frustrating thing about this team that we say over and over and over and over and over again. When this team is at its best, they can beat anybody. Not well, they can hang with the Yankees and they can hang with the Astros. No, 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 no. When this team is rolling, they have the potential to be the best team in baseball. They were the odds-on favorite to win the American League this year for a reason. This is a team that has an extremely deep lineup. They can defend well, and their pitchers at least are supposed to be able to do well. Um, there, there's obviously been a lot of frustration this year, but if everyone... Now I'm just dropping things. Uh, if everyone just plays to the back of their baseball card, if everyone just plays to their baseball reference card, then maybe, like, th then this team can be very, very good. It is just getting them there that has been so incredibly frustrating this year. But this is such a glorious opportunity. The Yankees are struggling. The Blue Jays apparently were struggling until about 36 hours ago and are now the hottest team in baseball all of a sudden. Um, but this is a real opportunity to put a bit of fear into the Yankees and to build up some momentum for yourself. Um, this is a team, we've talked about it before, they have ridden this roller coaster all year. And while I do not think that is a healthy way to go about things, I also understand that if that's how this team is going to be, then let's try to keep that upward trajectory going as much as possible. So incredibly positive on the Toronto Blue Jays right now. If you want some thoughts on Nazem Kadri signing with the Calgary Flames, we did a Twitch stream last night. That podcast uh, got posted late last night, so if you missed it, I understand. Um, but it is there now, so go back and listen to that. Now, it is time to dive into the fighting portion of Fightin' Friday. We'll start in the world of boxing, as on Saturday morning, or I guess in the early afternoon, uh, for those out in the East Coast, it is Alexander Yusik taking on Anthony Joshua. Um, this a rematch from 11 months ago when Yusik shocked the world and upset Anthony Joshua and stopped a lot of plans from happening in the process. Um, it was... <clears throat> excuse me, that was weird. It was... A very strange, strange fight to watch. And I think that there is a lot of, I guess, confirmation bias on this one. But I... Like, obviously, Yusik is extremely talented. And I, I do not want to take anything away from him. He is a very skilled boxer. But so is... Anthony Joshua is really good, too. And I think we forget that. And I think there's been a couple of times... Like, Joshua has certainly worked himself out of the... 
um, like any kind of Mount Rushmore conversation or like greatest of his era. Like we, we, we've established now that's Tyson Fury, even if these two fought and he beat Fury, um, we've established it's Tyson Fury at this point. Um, but Joshua just has these glimpses where it's like, yeah, no, I'm better. Like, I feel like that's what happened in the first Ruiz fight. And then he came back and in the second one, admittedly, Ruiz didn't really, you know, handle that fight all too well, but Joshua really felt like a man possessed in that fight. And now you look at this fight. Usyk is clearly more skilled than Ruiz, but there's talk that Usyk's putting a little bit more weight on to be able to hang with him because he hasn't had any hint of knockout power since he's moved up to heavyweight. I feel like that kind of takes away from the advantage that he had in the speed department against Anthony Joshua, who he himself is a pretty quick heavyweight, but Usyk coming up from cruiserweight just had such, such a speed advantage that I don't think Joshua was uh, prepared for it. I don't think that in the span of 11 months you can get heavyweight knockout power if you didn't have it before. So I think trying to add a little bit of bulk actually takes away from Usyk's advantage. And I also do think that because the game plan was so putrid for Anthony Joshua in that fight against Usyk, he will go back, if I notice that, he's going to notice that. I do think Joshua is going to go back, make the proper adjustments. I think that Usyk is kind of focusing on the wrong things given everything that we have heard. Um, there's obviously a lot going on in his life personally. Um, as he is of Ukrainian descent, so things aren't going swimmingly. Um, I just feel like the, the signs to me are pointing toward Anthony Joshua. I tend to, and I get like, the, the, part of this is coming from being burned just a few weeks ago with Amanda Nunes and and um, Juliana Pena. Brain blip there. It's early, I'm recording this. Um... I feel like, I, I felt like going into the last fight that Joshua was the more skilled fighter. And I understand that over 36 minutes, Usyk proved that extremely wrong on that night. I still think Anthony Joshua is a very good boxer. They're, they're, all the talk around Joshua right now makes it sound like he is 105 years old and just washed. I don't think that's the case. I feel like taking this more seriously, making the adjustments like he did going into the Ruiz fight is going to be enough to get him over that hump. I think Joshua wins this fight. Um, right now he is uh, plus 160 underdog. If you like him to finish it, and that is the other part of this, um, Joshua by TKO or by KO, TKO or disqualification is at plus 250. That's the other part of this. Uh, Usyk is not going to threaten, I don't think, um, any kind of knockout here. The, the only way is if like Joshua is just done and it's a barrage and the referee steps in. But th there isn't going to be a, oh, damn, he rocked him moment in this fight. I don't think it's just going to be a systematic picking apart if Usyk is going to win this bout. Um, that's not the case for Joshua. And this is all, this has always been the thing with Wilder. Um, and I think it's, it, it's a little bit the thing with Joshua as well. You have to be perfect for 36 minutes because he has the power at any moment to have you counting the lights. And I get it's an open air stadium this time, so it's not necessarily going to be the case, but still you, you get what I mean. Um, Joshua has like life altering power that he can use at any moment to change this fight. And Usyk just does not have that. I, I, I still feel like Joshua is skilled, and to combine that with the power, I just don't see lightning striking twice here for this. I, and again, none of this is to take away from Usyk. I think Usyk is incredibly talented, but I've always thought that Joshua is incredibly talented too, and I don't think one bad night, eh, it's a couple bad nights now, but I don't think one bad night changes that. So the official prediction of this show is Anthony Joshua by knockout.
My cat's digging at something and scaring me. Uh, <laughs> moving on to the Ultimate Fighting Championship. UFC 278 goes from the fighting hotbed of Salt Lake, Lake City, Utah. Um, in the main event, it is Kamaru Usman defending the welterweight championship against Leon Edwards. Um, this fight card is not good. Um, th there is nothing to this fight card. Well, I, I shouldn't say nothing. This is a very top-heavy fight card, and we are now starting to see a bit of a reminder of what life was like when the UFC was not just fighting at the Apex for their fight night shows. Because for fight night shows at the Apex, you could put a, ah, this one, you can talk yourself into this being a main event. You can put that fight on and load up these pay-per-views. That's not the case anymore. They're touring again with these with these fight night cards. And so because of that, the, the pay-per-views are starting to, to suffer a little bit. And we're starting to get a nice reminder of how, um, uh, how life used to be, I guess, and, and how the, the UFC maybe isn't, like, as deep and talent-rich as, as we necessarily thought. There are gonna be some good fights on this. I'm, I'm really looking forward to this fight card. Let's start in the, um, let's start in the bantamweight division. There's three fights that I really care about. Uh, Jose Aldo taking on Marab Devalishvili. I know I'm saying that wrong, and I apologize. Aldo is 35 years old, born in Brazil, training at Nova Uniao. He is now 31-7 and for his career, with 17 knockout wins, one other one coming by submission. He has been stopped five times in the seven losses in his career. His last victory coming by way of unanimous decision at the end of 2021, when he beat Rob Font on ESPN. Uh, he now has a three-fight winning streak, with wins over Font, Pedro Munoz, and Marlon Vera, after losing to Piotr Jan in the bantamweight title fight. He is the former featherweight champion of the world in the UFC and the WEC, 13-6 in the Ultimate Fighting Championship, 8-0 in WEC. Devalishvili, 31 years old, born in Georgia, not that one, the other one. Uh, he trains at Sarah Longo, 14-4 for his career, three knockout wins, one win by submission. He has been stopped just once. His last fight, a knockout victory over Marlon Moraes back at UFC 266. He has won seven in a row, six of those wins coming by decision. 7-2 in the UFC. He debuted in Ring of Combat in 2014. I am a big fan of Marab. Um, I, I think that he is a very talented fighter, and I think he is going to give Jose Aldo a lot of problems in this bout, but I see still think, like, I get 35 years old for Jose Aldo, and it's a hard 35. Some of those training rooms in Brazil were not kind to him over the years. Um, but I still think there is quite a bit left in the tank there for Aldo against non-elite talent. And you just said, like, Marlon Vera coming off of a pretty big night. Um, Pedro Munoz, nothing to shake your head at. Rob Font, very good fighter. Aldo can still beat some of the best that this sport has to offer it's just the upper echelon guys that he has some trouble with. And again, that means we have to ask the question, is Devalishvili in that upper echelon? I think he is well-rounded, but I still think I still think Aldo has the the ability and the power to be able to get this done. Um, looking at the betting lines, Jose Aldo is a plus 115 underdog. I like taking the underdog in here. I think I'm going to go with Jose Aldo in this one. Um, I think he picks up a win in, in this bout. I, I just, I feel like because he is not the Jose Aldo that we remember, it's easy to forget that there is still a very talented fighter 
in there for, for Aldo. So give me the veteran in a bit of an upset. This is a weird one to pick. Paulo Costa taking on Luke Rockholt has both returned to 185 pounds. Costa, 31 years old, at six feet tall, trains at Team Noguera after being born in Brazil. He is 13-2 with 11 wins by knockout, one win by submission. He has been stopped in one of his two losses. The one that he wasn't stopped in was his last bout back in October of 2021 in a unanimous decision loss to Marvin Vittori. That fight... Uh, was his light heavyweight debut. Back-to-back uh, -back losses for Costa, one against Vittori, one against Adesanya. Five and two still in the Ultimate Fighting Championship. The Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu black belt has been a pro since 2012. Rockhold is 37 years old at six foot three, born in Santa Cruz, California, training at the familiar grounds of the American Kickboxing Academy. 16 and five for his career, 14 wins have been stopped and he has been knocked out in all five of his losses, including his last bout a long time ago against Jan Lahovich in what was his light heavyweight debut and apparently just a quick stop um, at the light heavyweight division as he moves back down to 185 pounds for this fight coming up on Saturday night. Um, He's lost three of his last four, again, all by knockout. Blahovich, Romero, Bisbing, 6-4 and four in the UFC. He debuted in the Ultimate Fighting Championship back in 2013 against uh, Vitor Belfort. His last win came against David Branch on a fight night card in 2017. Uh, now, normally I do these with fights from back like 2007. 2017 was five years ago. Um, Hector Lombard was on this card, taking on... Um, taking on Luke Rockhold. Also on this card, a young Kamaru Usman fighting on the on the main card on FS1 uh, against Sergio Moraes. Also, Olivier, uh, Olivier Aubin-Mercier closed out the prelims with a unanimous or with a split decision victory. And Gilbert Burns opened the show. Uriah Hall, who just retired, great career by the way. Uriah Hall, who just retired, knocked out Christoph Jocko in the second round. So it's been a minute since Luke Rockhold was at the top. I just, he's saying all the right things. A, I love that he is coming out like, look, I got nothing to lose. Calling out things on fighter pay. Calling out uh, the treatment of some fighters by reporters. Um, specifically some from Barstool. And I know that got the, the stoolies or whatever they call themselves um, all kind of worked up. But Rockhold seems to have the right mindset coming into this. And if you were to just like plug these two into a video game and the best case scenarios, Rockhold wins this. I'm just worried, even with three years off, I am worried that that chin is is just gone. And Paulo Costa, again, 11 knockout wins in his career, I worry that, like, he, he has the ability to just shut the lights off at any moment for, for Rockhold. Um, but I, I just, there's something about the way Costa has approached his last couple of fights that has just concerned me about where his mentality is in the fight game at this point. I am going to pick Costa. It, it's just, it is too likely that he shuts the lights out on Rockhold. And Rockhold has been out for three years, but he is focused again. He has taken a lot of time to make sure his body has recovered properly. Um, I think I am probably going to sprinkle a little bit on Rockhold as a plus 300 underdog. I don't think, given how Costa, again, has treated the sport, talking about how he... Um, was hung over on wine from the night before against uh, Israel Adesanya, and then the fight against Vittori, like it just, it never seemed like he got out of first gear with that fight. Um, I just don't feel like he is taking this as seriously 
anymore. And I feel like Rockhold is taking this extremely seriously. So I am probably going to sprinkle a little bit on Rockhold. My official pick, though, is Paulo Costa. Um, if you're looking for better odds for Costa, because right now he's at minus 400. But if you're looking for better odds, the most likely outcome is him winning this fight by way of knockout. And you can get that at minus 185 right now. Which brings us to the main event of the evening. Kamaro Usman defending the welterweight championship against Leon Edwards. The champion steps into the cage at 35 years old, born in Nigeria with a 76 reach at uh, 76 inch reach. He is 20 and one in his career. He has finished half of, half of those victories and was submitted in his lone loss, which was a while ago. His last fight, a uh, victory over Colby Covington by unanimous decision to push his win streak overall to 19 wins and to push his UFC win streak to 15, the longest in UFC welterweight history, surpassing George St. Pierre. He won the welterweight title from Tyron Woodley back at UFC 235 in 2019, the first Nigerian-born champion in the history of the Ultimate Fighting Championship. Uh, he beat Jorge Masvidal on six days notice. He has successfully defended the title multiple times. He won the Ultimate Fighter Season 21, and he is a Division II NCAA champion. The challenger is 30 years old, born in Kingston, Jamaica, resides in Birmingham, Alabama, or sorry, jeez, Birmingham, England. I was on a roll there. Uh, 19 and three with one no contest, six wins by knockout, three wins by submission. Um, he has two decision losses and one DQ loss on his resume. His last victory uh, coming in his last fight, a unanimous decision win over Nate Diaz back at UFC 263. He has only fought four times since 2018. His last loss came in 2015 to Kamaru Usman. Since then, he has gone 9-0 and with one no contest. He's been in the UFC since 2014. He is 11-2 and with one no contest. The Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu Purple Belt has been a pro since 2011. I feel, I don't want to say frustrated. I do kind of feel frustrated for Leon Edwards because given given what I just said, nine wins in a row since fighting Kamaru Usman, he is at a point now where, like, coming off of that loss, haven't you haven't lost in seven years now. You should be at this point where, yes, it makes sense that you are getting this title shot. Like, the timeline checks out. But because of just how frustrating his scheduling has been over the last little while, where a fight with Masvidal gets pulled out uh, from under him, a, a fight with uh, Chimaev gets pulled out from under him, he has had six fights canceled. And then one fight he does actually get against Bilal Muhammad, there's an accidental eye poke, and Muhammad can't continue after the second round, um, and so Edwards is done. Even the fight with um, Nate Diaz, Diaz rocks him at the end, so there's a little bit of a, ah, how good is he? Leon Edwards is extremely skilled. The win streak, though, that he is on started against Dominic Waters, who doesn't have a Wikipedia page. After that, Albert Tumanov, Vicente Luque, Brian Barbarena, Peter Sabota, Donald Cerrone, Gunnar Nelson, Rafael Dos Anjos, uh, the no contest against Bilal Muhammad, and a win against Nate Diaz. I just don't know if that's a number one contender's resume. Um, and most of those are, are decision victories. I just... I just feel like there is a signature win missing to get this guy into a, a title opportunity. Again, I think he is skilled enough. He has been good long enough that it makes sense. He, he is not... I don't want to say he's an undeserving challenger. Because skills-wise, he is. But the resume, it just isn't there. We are missing that signature win. This is a gigantic step up in competition against the, at worst, second-best welterweight in the world. I don't think a win against Leon Edwards moves the needle on that. And we'll get to that discussion in a second. But... 
I just don't feel like, and it's through no fault of his own, but I don't feel like Edwards really has that victory to cement his title contendership at this time. He is extremely talented, but Kamaru Usman is on another level and he is improving. Even at 35 years old, Kamaru Usman continues to get better. Um, we just ran through the stats, 19 wins in a row, 15 of those coming in the UFC, longest winning streak in welterweight history. A win on Saturday night gets him at that nice round number of 20, gets him to 16 in the Ultimate Fighting Championship. I do think you ha we have to start asking the question, is this a fighter who is going to pass George St. Pierre in terms of being an all-time great? Because again, you look at who he has defeated on this run, um, Tyron Woodley, he won the, the welterweight title from. We forget how like dominant Woodley was at that time. Knocks out Colby Covington, beats Jorge Masvidal, knocks out Gilbert Burns, knocks out Jorge Masvidal, beats Covington on points as the uh, as the champion. I don't think that resume yet is on the level of George St. Pierre, but we, we are getting to a point where you have to have these conversations. Now, again, I don't think a win against uh, Leon Edwards is enough to get you to that point um, where it's like, okay, now he's definitely the one. Because um, I, I think he wins this fight pretty easily. I know there are some people saying, oh, Kamaru's got to watch out. This is a fist fight. So literally, yes, he has to be careful. But... I don't think Leon Edwards has the tools in his toolbox to, to beat Kamaru Usman. I, I think Usman wins this one actually relatively convincingly, um, in my opinion. Right now, Usman is the heavy favorite at minus 360. I think Usman wins this one. One of the, the props here that I like quite a bit, A, Usman to, to win by knockout, TKO, or, or disqualification at plus 275. Um, but where was it here? I also like... Oh, it's also a plus 275, so the value isn't really there. I was going to say Kamaru Usman around 1, 2, or 3, but that is also a plus 275. So you're probably better off to just go with that knockout prop. But I, I just, I think Usman, if things are getting a little bit hairy on the feet, because Edwards, again, is a very skilled fighter um, and a very skilled striker, then Usman has the wrestling to take this fight down and control it a little bit. But he also has the power to close this one out on the feet. And I get that doesn't just cancel off everything that Leon Edwards is capable of doing, but I also, I don't think, I again, I just don't think Edwards has it in his toolbox to beat Kamaru Usman on this night. So the official prediction is Usman by way of knockout. That is going to do it uh, for the show. If you are looking for post-fight reaction, I will be live on Twitch immediately following UFC 278, and we will... We will dive into everything that happened on that show, so don't you worry about that. Thank you all so much for tuning in. Thank you to Clearwater Cleaning Solutions, the studio sponsor for Couch Potato Diary. They are a one-stop commercial and residential cleaning company based in Calgary who have a fantastic team who are ready to make your life simpler and easier by fulfilling all of your cleaning needs. Check them out online, clearwatercleaningsolutions.com. Talk to you guys tomorrow night. Enjoy the fights. I'm out.